0: Dear real presence radio listeners, thank you for staying with us this morning. On it is Tuesday, November twenty first of Thanksgiving week. I'm Amanda Ellercamp, joined by my co-host Kelly Schneider. We're coming to you live from the Fisher Commons space at Trinity Junior High and High School, Southwest North Dakota, in Dickinson, and we are pleased to be joined in studio this hour by Father Justin Waltz. Uh, Father Waltz is the pastor here. At uh, St. Joseph's in Dickinson. He is also the delegate of the Bishop for Catholic Education, and he's going to be speaking with us this morning of his work, his role as a chaplain. Uh, in the military, Father Waltz. Thanks for being
1: with us. Thank you. It's good to be with you all. Great to have been you. Been a long time since I've been on. No kidding. It's one Chief of the former been. sons of thunder here. Yeah, to say No,
0: you're on like the other side of the table. Uh, yeah, being interviewed. <laughs> yeah. Right, you're being interviewed. Let's we'll so turn it around. I'll end up interviewing <laughs> you.
1: <about it. laughs> no. uh,
0: so, can you maybe just for our listeners who haven't heard you on the on the air in a while, uh, just introduce yourself a, a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure. Father Justin Waltz, uh, ordained in two thousand. 2008, former pastor of St. Leo's up in Minot, uh, as you've already said, delegate for Bishop Kagan uh, for Catholic education, and uh, also now a military chaplain. Um, so I pursued that several years ago. As a matter of fact, I when I was in uh, seminary, <clears throat> you would have the military recruiters come through. Mm. And... I think I was probably second or third year when they came through, and a, a really uh solid navy guy, and that's where I initially what I was shooting for uh, and the purpose behind that I actually just got out of officer training school not so long ago, and one of the reasons or one of the things they have you focus on is like why are you doing this? you know it doesn't matter whether you're a chaplain or a b one bomber pilot or missile or whatever it might be you know why are you here and and the answer I kept coming back to for for many years now is that my grandfathers were uh, both in the Navy during World War II. My dad was in the Navy, um, and I've always wanted to serve. I was going to join the, the Navy right out of high school, and got a really high score on my ASFAB test, and to date have no idea why I didn't do it, uh, but I ended up going to BSC and then <clears throat> onto the nursing program at UND and so forth and so on, So, and then into seminary, and here I am. But while I was there, The recruiters came through and I said, you know, look, I I went back to Bishop Ziffel at the time and I said, I'd really like to do this full time. You know, it's a very appealing ministry and there's so, uh, so much need for it. More about that in a bit. <clears throat> and I went back and he said, hey, look, he said, uh, you can do this. I will release you. Just get ordained for the Diocese of Bismarck, not for the Archdiocese of the military. And a lot of oh. a lot of people don't know, but they, they, the military is so vast that it has its own archdiocese and bishop and, yeah. you know, really whole staff and everything. Wonderful, wonderful people. Really, really great to work with. So I uh, said, okay, that's fair, you know. And uh, got ordained for the diocese, became a chaplain, became pastor of a huge parish, way younger than what I ever thought I would be, and the delegate for Catholic education. Suddenly, ten years went by, and uh, you know we've revamped Catholic Ed in this Diocese like massively, and did about eight and a half million dollars worth of work at St. Leo's, and just you know you wake up one day and your ten years of your life is gone. And I thought to myself at that point, I was finally in a position where I could do this. So, went back to Bishop Kagan, and I had talked to him about it before, and he had actually encouraged all of his priests at a clergy conference to get involved in the guard. And so I said, look, there's a Navy Reserve unit in Fargo. You know, what do you think about that? Really knowing nothing about what that would mean. And he said, yeah. He said, Reserve Guard, uh, you're just drilling once, once a month. And I said, yep. So went down that road. And at this point in time, I was already 40, uh, maybe even 41 or 42. So the, the waivers that you need especially um, with the Navy in particular, at this point, we're, we're, uh, we're taking a long time, we'll just say. And so nothing against the Navy, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, branch. And I was working with great, re- great with re- recruiters. But uh, at that time, Monsignor Chad Guion, who is an army chaplain, was uh, drilling with the 164, which is in Minot. And he would just stay at my rector every time he came, which is much more convenient than getting a hotel room. And so we were sitting around one night, and I was kind of lamenting all of this that had had happened, and it had been like a year and a half, and he's like, well, why are you messing around with the Navy Reserve? He said, you're going to constantly deploy with them, and knew quite a bit more than what I had even considered. And he said, why not uh, National Guard? It's men and women from North Dakota uh, that you'll be serving. It's local. You will probably deploy, but it'll be with that unit. So I said, you know, that's a great idea. Well, I mean, the the Army Guard, uh, Chief Fitzner, is a warrant officer, absolutely probably the best recruiter I have ever worked with in my life. Um, eventually helped me transfer from the Army over to the Air Force even, but uh, he had me in, in in like two months. I mean, it, it, and once the Navy found out that I was going Army, suddenly, you know, every door <laughs> in the world opened. And the priests are extremely hard to find. Uh, most bishops won't release them. And so when they get them, we're not only... Uh, rare, but just the, the <coughs> amount of education and usually leadership formation that we already have coming in really, really benefits, um, you know, whatever branch we're in in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to that end, then I joined the Army and uh, got in very quickly. Actually, got assigned to the 164 uh, Engineering Battalion in Minot, so I was living there at the time, which was super convenient because I. You know, would have my associate take Mass, and I was yeah. actually right there. And and the longer I was at it, we have these joint briefings with uh, the Air National Guard and the Army National Guard in North Dakota under this, the one general, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. just to simplify it, which is then under the governor. And so we would have uh, joint briefings, which I think started fairly recently, but it was it was really quite nice because the air side would get together with the Army side, and depending on where we were, uh, you know, it would be, be either an Army and or there's only one air sort of you know area and that's the 119 wing so we were out uh, may of i don't even remember i think 2021 um at the at the wing in fargo and i met their uh wing chaplain it's structured quite a bit differently than the army is but uh chaplain uh herbal who is a greek orthodox priest and you know, he was just expressing he wish he would have known that you know I was uh, looking because he said we're just so short. But he said, you know, if you're happy in the army, he's like, you know, blessings to you. And I said, well, tell me more about the shortage. Long story short, we had two priests, Catholic priests, on the army side. I want to say it was something like 15 chaplains total. So you know, Protestant, Catholic, we're all working together, and and very well done, uh, uh, Colonel Johnson, who's a, a chaplain. Who's over all of the army unit? He's kind of like my wing chaplain on the air side, uh, only o- over all the army. Wonderful, fabulous leader, um, and uh, you know, really had recruited well. And so anyway, the more I started looking into the air side of it, uh, the more I thought to myself: not only is this the need there tremendously there and then uh james cheney father james cheney lieutenant colonel just retired and he had expressed to me he was retiring which would have at the time left them with one chaplain for i don't know how many airmen that are at the wing um Mm. but i've got you know 50 75 plus coming to mass Wow! you know while i'm out there i'll get into that area of ministry here in a bit but so i i just prayed about it and prayed about it and finally discerned um this is where the need was. The more I looked into the Air Force, it was more conducive, especially to my age. And I'll be honest with it, you know, my Army army counterparts, you know, enjoy the chair force while you're over there. And I'm like, look, man, I'm 47 years old, and, you know, the chair force is looking kind of nice. But the other end of it that was very appealing to me is that it was it was one area, right? So we I, I never get transferred from there. If I deploy, that's one thing. But the wing is always in Fargo, and All of my... I'm from Fargo. My brother and I are from there. And so all of my remaining family is out there. And especially after losing my mom at the time, that looked extremely appealing. Once a month, I stay with my godparents, um, get to have dinner with the rest of the family, Mm. and I'm drilling at the same time. And so... Just a lot of stuff. The writing was on the wall. I went back to Bishop Kagan, explained uh, explained everything to him. And he was, you know, as he is uh, with so many things, but immensely supportive of the, of the military. You know, he really uh, has put his backing behind that. Um, and so the transfer began. I went and met with the Army. And uh, they were very good, initiated the transfer. And within probably three to five months, I was in in the Air Guard. Uh, but still had all of the training. So up until that point, I'd been in the Army for a year and a half, had been drilling with my battalion, had done an annual training, um, really was you know, into the ministry, and I still had to go to their officer training school. So I transferred over to the Air Force, and they were like, we need to get this done immediately because you're already at the two-year point. I still have my basic chaplain's course that's coming up in uh, April, and then after that I'm fully deployable. But I've been working as a chaplain. The, the Air Force is much more restrictive until you have your training in place. And especially in the case of a chaplain, a top-secret security clearance, I'm very limited to what I do. It's mainly just sacramental ministry, which, frankly, what I've really come to see is that the absolute foundation and basis, as a chaplain, I'm there for any religion, any airman that there is. But, uh, you know, like I said, there's, there would be <clears throat> many, many, many um, airmen that would not have access to, to just Mass, you know, so if the only reason I'm out there is so that the men and women that are, you know, faithfully serving uh, our country and the Air Guard are able to get to Mass on Sunday, at yeah. the very least. Um, to me, that's worth it, and they deserve it, you know. And then there's a lot of other things that come with that, anywhere from, you know, uh, to classes that we've offered to, um, you know, the other sacraments such as confession to... Uh, counselings um, and just visiting. You know, they know that they have the backing of the chaplain corps in the Air Guard, uh, which is I think I think it's very nice for some people. The one real amazing thing that we're here to offer is very similar to the Catholic Church in, in confession: is that we are the only uh, you know asset, so to speak, in and this is all branches in the military that is absolutely and totally confidential. So if you come to me and you know, you're thinking about taking your life or you're having serious, you know, mental health problems from work that you've done or things that you've seen or trauma that you've been through, you can come to me and you can tell me all about whatever that thing is, no matter how deep, dark or troublesome it might be. And I'm not a mandatory reporter I'm not. I'm completely. It's like the sacrament of reconciliation, which is really interesting when you think about the Catholic Church. Because I often think of my ministry as a priest as a you know an all-out war with the the, the legions of hell most of the time. That is in, in the time of our in, in the time that we're living, it is turning into kind of a bloodbath. But you know, it's the same with the military. Like they see the importance of that sacramental slash chaplain component component in the health of their warriors on the battlefield.
2: Mm.
0: It's very interesting.
2: There's such a a spiritual aspect to armed services um, that I don't I don't ever I don't think about that
1: on an everyday basis. I'll tell you all about it after the break. That is
2: fascinating, listeners. Stay with us. We're going to be back after the short break uh, with Father Justin Waltz. Hang tight.
0: This is Dr. Ryan Sapo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Many times every day in our office, I see children whose eyes don't work the way we take for granted. If the eyes aren't working together as a team, aren't jumping back and forth appropriately, or aren't focusing correctly, children will fall behind in academic and athletic performance. Lumen Vision specializes in treating these eye movement issues through a process called vision therapy. You can learn more about vision therapy on our website, www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio.
2: This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Bible Study. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee with his disciples and quickly falls asleep, even as their boat is amidst a huge, life-threatening storm. The text says that the sea was literally shaking like an earthquake. Imagine the disciples' fear as they awake, their master saying, Master, do you not care that we perish? Note that they wouldn't have been in this dangerous situation if they had not gotten in the boat to begin with. They are committed no matter how big the storm. After setting sail in his boat of radical missionary discipleship, it can often seem that God is asleep or uncaring when we are troubled by the storms of life. The good news is that he is in fact always there and always ready to calm the storm when the time is right. Sometimes the storms are there to show us our total dependence on him and not on ourselves. Jesus, we trust in you. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Let us run to Mary and ask her little children, cast ourselves in their arms with a perfect confidence, St. Francis de Sales. Join together with families across the local area for the rosary, nightly here on Real Presence Radio. On Wednesday through Monday nights, tune in at 8 p.m. Central, and on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Gather the whole family together and pray this powerful prayer with us. Join us for the rosary Wednesday through Monday at 8 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the RPR Network.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back, Real Presence Radio listening family. I'm uh, Kelly Schneider, along with my co-host Amanda Ellercamp, and we've got Father Justin Waltz in studio, visiting with us about military chaplaincy. We left off, Father, talking about the spiritual aspect um, of the armed services, something that we just don't often think about, and and we want to know more about.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um and thanks for hosting. It just makes me remember the three or four years Josh and I were on, and we had such a wonderful experience with that. By the end of it, people were coming up and being like, hey, are you a son of thunder? <laughs> I'm like, this is getting huge, you know? So. Yes. Yeah, so the spiritual end of it, like, a person doesn't think about it, but the, the military is there to guard our constitutional freedoms. And so... You know when, I, and I, you know, I, I think we would all say this as Americans. Yeah, we know that, right? Like we have the best military in the world, and we love our military. You know, servicemen and women, and and the, you know, the sayings go on. But you don't really realize what's going on until you're in it. And you know, we just go through our days. And assume that everything that we have from our economy to our religious freedom to our freedom of speech, all these things that we take for granted is just always going to be there and has always been there. But the real cold, hard truth about it is that people have laid down their lives on numerous points in time in history and continue to do that in a multitude of different ways. I just read this... uh, this quote the other day that is, said something like <clears throat> Some men and women in the military pay the ultimate price in a moment uh, for our freedoms, and some pay the ultimate price over the course of their lives. You know, so whether they serve six years or 20 years or, you know, is our a, a gold star family, uh, these freedoms do not come free. And this country is hated on a level that you cannot imagine i was at officer training school and one of the guys uh who is part of one of the more elite forces stood up and he and we were talking about some of this and you know there's 500 people there and he said i i just want you to know that i've looked evil in the face and what we're doing is absolutely necessary and he said these this country doesn't come for free and, you know, I pulled him aside later and talked to him about that, and don't want to get into that, but it was just really an eye-opener, what some of these men and women have seen, and the links that they've gone to, so that you and I can in- enjoy these freedoms. One of which, obviously, is the freedom of our religious expression. Okay. And so, uh, from a chaplain's standpoint, but also from a really deep-seated military standpoint, the chaplains are not only in the military to provide religious services, um, but I- in, in counseling, and then that that, that freedom of uh, you know counsel where they're able to come and, and 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 are protected in it. But but we're also the you know the face of that religious freedom. And so if the military yeah. is not only protecting that religious freedom, but allowing that free expression within it, taking a neutral stance uh, in regards to it, which is what the constitution.